when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Hello and welcome, welcome to the The One Show Show, the podcast that runs The One Show over and then claims diplomatic immunity and runs away. I am John Holmes and this week on The Green Sofas, a dog prevents two pensioners from having sex, a story about a boiled string vest goes nowhere and a boy with a dead dad jumps on a crocodile. (laughs) Joining me to drive past The One Show and deliberately go through a puddle as we do so are award-winning stand-up Alasdair Beckett-King and producer, writer, boss-eyed clown and to T-Toss's unpaid intern, it's Cornelius Mendes. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, Hello. welcome. Um, well, let's talk to you first, Alistair, because this is your first time on it. It is. Uh, and your first time really watching The One Show. Yeah, I was I was vaguely aware of The One Show, like the way you're sort of aware of Tolstoy or, you know, something you, you, you may not have... It's a strange comparison. You know it exists culturally, but <laughs> I mean, it goes on for a while, yeah. is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, yeah, this was quite an experience. Yeah. Even the even the first thing that struck me was the theme tune. Oh, well, well let's start there. I mean, that's a good place to start. Well, what, but, what did you make of it? I hated it to begin with, and then I play, I watched an episode with my girlfriend, she said, this is a great... And what I realised, it's like... The, there's so little content in it. It's just the word one. Da, 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 da. It's like this composer we need a theme tune for, for a show called The One Show. What's it about? That's not important. <laughs> you don't need to know that. Compose it. And, and that's what they got. Yes, yeah. One. What more information do you need? I know. But the trumpets are nicely synthetic as well, aren't they? Did you, oh, the, the whole thing, it's just, yeah. um, it started out as a sort of a, 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 an, a, an assault on the senses. Yeah. And by the, by the third, time, third episode I'd watched, it was uh, like home. Yeah. 
else? I think we did Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Cornelius, uh, you piled in, I presume, on Monday. Yeah, yeah, um, I started so with Monday. It's a good place to start, isn't it? So this was, well, the annoying thing really, I suppose, was that uh, Matt Baker was absent this week. So yeah. uh, we had Patrick Kilty. Who's great. And Michelle Ackerley. I'm who <laughs> literally I've never heard of before. <laughs> right. Uh, to the point where I had to replay the clip of the introduction three times to just get her name. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Monday's One Show with Michelle Ackerley. And as Matt's away in Germany covering the Gymnastics World Championships, keeping us company all this week, it's Patrick Guilty. And then I wikipedia her yeah. to find out what she was famous for. And? It was Watchdog and The One Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that they were quite a good pairing. Well, I, see, I was sad not to have Matt Baker because Matt Baker went to my school in County Durham. This is and is the uh, well, I, I was I, I said when you mentioned that he's not on it this week, I was like, ah, oh, because he's the only famous person to have gone to my school. Yeah. Because I am persistently not famous, which is really <laughs> frustrating. And I thought I'd just check on Wikipedia. A small part of me thinking one of my school friends might have put me on there. Yeah. Um, and there are three other people who are allegedly famous that went to my school, but all of those have citations needed. So <laughs> he's the only confirmed Wikipedian famous person. Now, he was away in Germany doing something to do with gymnastics, because he's a keen gymnast, Matt. We've learned this before. He is a keen gymnast. But you were saying that you, at your school he was known for gymnastics. Yeah, I think, I, well, I think that, yeah, because um, I, I was just sort of um, leaving when he started on Big Blue Peter. Yeah. And so we had an assembly to announce that <laughs> someone had succeeded. I bet you, Matt. Matt insisted that happened. <laughs> I bet you any money he got in touch going, well, I've, I've got this job on um, Blue, Blue Peter, and uh, uh, can you do assembly, Matt? <laughs> I bet that's definitely what I happened. I can't make it, but can you do the assembly? <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't stress the extent to which he wasn't that present <laughs> yeah. at the assembly. Yeah. No, no. He lives in Buckinghamshire. Buckinghamshire. He's forgotten his northern roots. He, he, li- he, lives, he is Buckinghamshire. He's, his land is vast <laughs> tracts. We've learned that before. His, his entire farm is Buckinghamshire. Really? Oh, we think we've established there. His nearest neighbour's like 20 miles away. It's, uh, He's it's, changed. It's He's changed since he was growing up in a mining village. <laughs> so let's talk about the guest because the guest, I suppose, was uh, it was Harry Connick Jr. Right? He was he was the the guest who was supposed to be the, the big star, but really he he was usurped by a tiny child. Uh, now, Harry, we got to break this to you. It is sad news because you are not the biggest star that we have on is tonight's that right? show. Because. Yeah. Coming up, we have golfing sensation George Hughes from Wigan. Look at wow. this. Watch this. That's crazy. That is amazing. And he plays off three. It is not his handicap. It's his age. There he is. That's amazing. Hi, George. In the opening shot of the kid, does it, raises his hand completely blank faced and does the red room thing with his finger, <laughs> which doesn't really work in podcast. I'm miming it, but it was just chilling. Yeah, it was like, it didn't get any less frightening as the show went on. <laughs> well, this is um, this was a golfing child called George. Yeah, he was excellent. Mm. He was better at golf than I was. I went to a driving range last night. I didn't not in a reaction to watching. I was going to say show. that really really affected <laughs> this, you in a way. This like, is just <laughs> a coincidence. Yeah. And I had been to a margarita party before, of right. course, um, and he was much better at golf than me. Yeah, who's very good for a three-year-old. Yeah. There's, no, there's no arguing. Well, they got they got into... So they showed a little clip, didn't they, and said there's a... They t- spoke to Harry Connick Jr., who they talked... They, he did a, a, a... He tried to do a Scottish accent for a start, didn't he? Harry Connick Jr., he had a quick go at it. Well, it was in two parts. The first bit was a disaster. The second bit was OK. What's your handicap? <laughs> well, everyone's got to be crap at something. <laughs> and I thought it was... For an American, I thought it was a pretty decent... Yeah, a, a stab at it. Yeah, I well. thought it was all right. Can I talk about his accent generally, Harry? It's the most frustrating accent because he started each sentence 
Irish and ended it American. <laughs> every sentence. So he'll be like, oh, yes, I remember. And it was so fun. And every <laughs> sentence. And it was the most frustrating thing. Now, I've never heard of this man. And I Googled him. He's from New Orleans. You've never heard of a Harry Connick oh, Jr. either? Well, that explains it. The New Orleans accent is very, it's mainly Irish, isn't it? <laughs> famously. Uh, well, he was also the most boring thing about the whole week he was the worst guest easily yeah. i thought yeah yeah, yeah. He, his answers were so boring i just wasn't listening well, to even him even compared to andrew no charisma yeah, richly sorry i've got a lot of notes uh, about <laughs> yeah but at least he has a story well harry connick jr just looks like if michael buble voted for brexit <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything's great you know i love coming here um I've, I've been coming here probably now for probably 30 years, I guess. And the, the first thing I did over here was uh, a film called The Memphis Bell. At least that was the first time I spent a, a good amount of time here. Yeah. And I just fell in love with it then and, and always look forward to coming back. What was nice about this was that the, the golf theme had to, they sort of take, which is what I love about The One Show, they, they, they've got something happening on the show and everything else has to kind of fit into mm. it somehow. Uh, and this, they started with uh, Harry Connick Jr. They asked him how his golf was. Which then got us into Tiny George, the golf genius, uh, more of which later. And then we were in Scotland for a film about wildcats. In the town of New Galloway, near Dumfries, a community is divided over the return of a fearsome hunter. People are, are worried. We don't want more predators in this part of the world. It's a marvellous idea. I think a lot of people are worried about destruction. So, what's causing this split? Well, it's this. But this is no ordinary moggy. This is the Highland Tiger. The subject of accents, they, if my ear is correct, they interview about nine people, <laughs> yes. one of whom is Scottish. I wrote exactly that. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> else no, is yeah. English. Every single... Except maybe the posh landowner, who might be one of those posh Scottish people who sounds English, yeah. but still he's the most English man available <laughs> in the village. My tenant farmers are cross. I'm Scottish. It's very confusing. It was odd. A film set in Scotland about Scottish Highland wildcats that were being reintroduced from um, uh, by, by an Englishman yeah, oh, who, yeah. who then called a sort of town meeting. This was near Dumfries, wasn't it? Called a town meeting where, again, everybody objected to this was English. The, the nicest thing, though, is because they really, they really got me hooked with that because like, the drama of uh, it's going really well, it's going really well, he's bringing these cats back, it's great, it's, you know, it's great for the, the e ecosystem. And then, boom, there's opposition yeah. from the squirrel lobby. We're the local red squirrel group. And we've done a lot of work over the years to save the red squirrels in this area. At the end of the day, I don't want them. Yeah. It's just another predator going after a very fragile population of red squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a guy wearing a squirrel t-shirt and it's like, yeah, you forgot about big squirrel, didn't you? Yeah. You think they're going to let you walk in here with wildcats? Yeah. Yeah. You're dreaming. And it, oh, the drama of it. There was. There was very good drama. And what I liked was this guy had had to call a meeting to explain that wildcats weren't going to tear their uh, the other livestock, the squirrels, or anything else apart. <laughs> Just mauling cattle. <laughs> nine cat, nine cats tearing yeah, a, a tiny little cat having to go to a cow. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was trying to put everyone's mind at ease. But I thought this is a difficult, one of those difficult town meetings where he's trying to put his point across and everyone's against him. But he had to do it in front of the one-show cameras. And I felt a bit sorry for him. My tenant farmers uh, would be appalled at the thought of another predator being introduced into this part of the world. The wildcat is not a risk to a livestock farm. We don't see that conflict at all. I, I just felt like that moment they didn't give enough of the movie to that drama there, the red squirrels versus the wildcats, yeah. which I'm pretty sure is also 
the High School Musical plotline as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was this massive drama, and because it's the one show, it didn't end with putting the two animals in a room and seeing who wins, <laughs> which would have been yeah. great telly, yeah. but unfortunately not. No, it's just so it was so boring that film. Well, again, I, I also mean... the person who hosted it, they yeah. just introduced her as Miranda. I was like, oh, Miranda Hart's, you know, she's her career's not going well if she's doing one show. And then it's just a lady called Miranda. And yeah. this is what I found throughout the one show uh, this week, yeah. is that they now just introduce the films, if they do, by name. Yeah. And they're just no one. Yeah, this, is, this, just this like has changed since you were last doing this. Yeah. This is a new thing. It's to make it all feel a bit more friendly like a family. So they don't give the presenters any context. It's just the first name. Yeah, you're absolutely Firstly, right. Firstly, we're off to Scotland and Miranda has a wild tale to tell. And you get used to it. You go, Alex, so oh, that's the weird Wurzel Gummidgey prototype. Uh, then you get, you know, and you go, Christine, yeah, she's the old lady who likes gardening. Carrie, she does all the music films. But yeah, then someone think, a curveball of Miranda happens. You know, what's, she got, what's that got to do with Wildcats? I don't know. Still don't. Um, but it doesn't matter because we were in Scotland, we were having this uh, film, and suddenly there was, a, there was a, a, sh- a shot, a visual camera move that wasn't signature one show that looked really impressive. It was like a drone shot of an overhead of this enclosure they've made to keep wildcat kittens in. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. there's some budget here. Hello, they've got, they've, this is a, I've seen them use drones before, but not very sparingly, but this was a proper professional. And then, then a, a long tracking shot along a fence, very on one show. And then a credit came up saying, courtesy of Coffee Films, <laughs> but you've just bought this in. Paul is currently looking after three rescued Scottish wildcat kittens, which are housed in these enclosures, ready to be released back into the wild. So it's well over an acre in size, and it was designed to emulate completely the natural habitat. What's really fascinating is we have cameras all over this enclosure. There's been people working with these cats for nearly six months. You've now got to the point where you can't even send a cameraman. You've bought some footage in. Also, they're sort of building up a sort of outside the raptor enclosure vibe. But but then they say, people have worked here for six months and none of us have seen any. Like, there's not really strong evidence that there's any cats in this enclosure. (laughs) They they made out, they called them the Highland Tiger as well, these these little cats. (laughs) And then they showed some footage they'd shot with a camera. uh, Sorry, Coffee Films had shot with their hidden (laughs) camera in this little enclosure of just some kittens playing in a bowl of water. Highland Tiger, they were going for the guy, The guy who looked suspicious at best got so excited by that he went look you see these cats playing water as if he's always dreamed of that (laughs) look at these little guys this is really interesting right playing in water you love these animals passionately finally footage of cats playing in water i wonder what other films he's got (laughs) (laughs) i like that guy because i think i know he will say anything to get those wildcats back (laughs) when that squirrel guy said what about squirrels? He went, there's no way they'd kill a squirrel. Squirrels are killed by slightly larger squirrels. I mean, a wild cat can definitely do a squirrel. My, we've he got just a, lied and said it would never happen. We've got a kitten that could kill a squirrel. Yeah. It's not a wild one, it's just a normal cat. It'll have a squirrel. Yeah. So, yeah, absolute bullshit. The, uh, <laughs> but then they got back to the studio and, of course, tried to rope Harry Connick Jr. in in what they thought was a very sort of off-the-cuff, hey, Harry Connick Jr., have you got cats? You know, and, and he went, yeah, 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 I have. And you think, oh, you've, you've managed to... No, he brought photos of his cats in. He'd been pre-warned, pre-armed. Yeah. Talking of cats, you've got a pretty fearsome-looking cat yourself. We have, we have two cats. Uh, <laughs> that's Billy right there, and he, he's so not that picture. <laughs> <laughs> just a yawn, just I think. Yeah, oh, but, so, that, uh, so that's a yawn, not I'm a bite to bite your face that's off. That's right, yeah, but that's, <laughs> okay. uh, that's Billy. He's a, he's a sweet cat. He I've, got cat photos. But then immediately goes, that's not a representative picture of my cat. 
Yeah, yeah. And then the whole thing, the whole thing's <laughs> over. Like, there's a picture of it, but don't draw anything from that. Yeah. Move on. I thought the whole interview with him was so engineered. He had an answer for everything. He's like, oh my god, yeah. Funnily enough, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, sorry. Oh my god, yeah. Funnily enough, <laughs> uh, but I got so bored. As I said, every time I looked at him, I just wrote down something. I uh, an observation I thought he looked like. Yeah. And uh, a former homeless man who has turned his life around, but secretly misses the freedom of street life. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who isn't completely happy with his new haircut. <laughs> and he also looks like an absent father. Yeah, I th- all of these, by the way, coincidentally, are titled the tracks on his new album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, th- there was a weird Frank Sinatra anecdote that he told. That was so oh, yeah. weird. <laughs> it was a bit... It was a bit me too. Oh, easily. I mean, but but because it was Frank Sinatra and primetime BBC One, no one went with the me too vibe. Everyone just laughed and said it was magical. Yeah. It was very strange. Well, yeah, I've just got Harry tells an inspiring story about Sinatra being a massive dick. Total wanker is <laughs> yeah, all yeah, over yeah. him. I met him uh, a couple of times, and the time where I had to sing for him, I was about 22 years old. And I went out on stage, and every singer in the world was in this audience, including Frank Sinatra. And I stood on the stage and completely forgot the lyrics to the song. I was looking at him like I'm looking at you, and my mind just went blank. And I was so embarrassed, and I redid the song, and I saw him afterwards sort of walking through the lobby. We got into the elevator, or lift, I guess, as you call it, and it was me and Jill and Frank Sinatra and Frank Sinatra's wife, Barbara. And I told him, Mr. Sinatra, I'm the kid who just messed up the words. I'm really sorry, blah, blah, blah. I'm going on and on and on. I'm waiting for these great words of wisdom, like... You know, don't worry about it. You were great, you know. And and he didn't say anything to me, but when the elevator doors opened, he kind of took Jill's face in his hands and said, you're beautiful. And he kissed her right on the mouth and and left. That was it. <laughs> that was it. And to this day, she's like, ah, he didn't tell you anything, but I got to kiss Frank Sinatra. I mean, it's Frank Sinatra, you know? It's unbelievable. Wow, way. That's yeah, very cool. Impressive. It is, Sinatra it is comes off so badly, and none of them react as if Sinatra is... A horrible person so, in that story. So this was Harry Connick Jr. He went up and apologised to Frank Sinatra, yeah. and he reacted by just laying a massive kiss on his wife, which his wife said was was a great thing to have happened. Mm. And, and, and it's good that she's not distressed by it, but I'm mm. distressed by it. Yeah. And everyone in the studio was laughing, ha, 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 ha. Oh, Frank and Sinatra. Michelle went impressive. And I thought, this if, if this anecdote had been about Jimmy Savile, this would be a very different <laughs> one-show moment. It'd be awful to have been performing in, t- in front of Savile and messed up one of his catchphrases. <laughs> I would hate that. Harry <laughs> Connie Judy coming on and just, show what's it, what's it? Just a very strange thing. There was a bit I really appreciated, because um, I've got to I admire Keelty's commitment to, to comedy. You know, he's a comedian. and he's yeah. got, There's a lovely bit where she's listing all of Connie Junior's skills, uh, you know. She says, so she says you're a composer, and you do the. And he, uh, and she lists several things, you know, orchestration and everything. And he jumps in just, just to say the word pianist in a way that sounds a little bit like pianist. Because you literally do everything as well, well with the music, you know. I, you're I do a lot. Singer, conductor, orchestrator, pianist. Pian- <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do like what Patrick Kilty because I like Patrick Kilty a lot. Yeah, and mm. I like what he brings an edge to this. That he's got to play the mainstream BBC One at seven o'clock. I've got to be a bit like Matt Baker card, but there's a knowing look in his eye. Mm. Oh yeah, you know, and you, and also some of the jokes work, unlike yeah, Matt's yeah, ever did. Yeah, he, he has some, you know, he's got, he's got some. I mean, there was one on um, uh, what day was it? I wrote it. Uh, oh, at the beginning of Tuesdays. There's one at the beginning of Tuesdays where the studio audience were really, really excited at the oh, beginning. God, and Paddy just threw in, you know, not a great gag, but good and topical. He just, he just, oh, climate protesters are in. Yeah. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And Michelle Ackerley, unfortunately tonight, no, no live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> We are joined tonight. by the climate protesters here. <laughs> and he just kind of brings a little bit of, well, proper comedy to it occasionally, which, yes. is, which is always a nice thing. You know, and to be fair, Michelle Ackerley sits next to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, she does. That's right. Oh, you said the most boring film you thought was The Wildcats. But mm. then I give you uh, Care Leavers. When I first left Care, there were so many struggles I came up against. I remember feeling really daunted when I had to move into my own flat at 18 years old. Without a family support network, it can be really difficult to know where to turn. Care leavers, yeah, that was pretty, uh, pretty hard. <laughs> I mean, I, now it's a good, worthy subject. I won't deny that. Yeah, and they were rec- recruiting for more care leavers, yeah. so fair play, I understand why it was on. Yeah. But it could have been like an advert or yeah. something. I mean, a care, so a care leaver, because I learned, I didn't know what a care leaver mm. was. So these, are, these were children that have been in care, when they come out of the system at age 18, I think it is, that uh, they are then meant there's a program to get them mentored by people who, for some reason, have to be over 50. A project pairing over 50s with care leavers is hoping to give the young people a better start to adult life. That's, <laughs> that's what struck because I feel like they've missed a trick by not doing it the opposite way around. So they could find 50-year-olds who don't know how to like convert a PDF to a Word document or something <laughs> and, and pair them up with... <laughs> 18-year-olds who could just sort you know, get that's, some... That's actually a really good idea. Get all the, the unnecessary plugins off Internet Explorer 7 <laughs> for them. That's actually a very sensible idea. Uh, but what I thought was... So you're getting... Right. So you're getting children out of the care system and you're giving them to people in their 50s. Now, there is a path <laughs> of problematic history there for me. Statistically sure speaking, I think most paedophiles are probably in around their 50s. That's all I'm going to say. There'll be a th- sort of a solid 30-minute orientation seminar that ought to weed out <laughs> anyone too, yeah. too trouble- <laughs> problematic, you're afraid, I've just invented. It's a good one. I, I, problematic. I got quite bored uh, by this, so I ended up Googling the presenter of this, who was called Ashley. Ashley, he, he yeah, was, he was really good. He, 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 he. When he talks, he moves his hands like a performance poet. 
It's really, if you watch it again, he's constantly moving his hands like a performance player. It's really impressive. For the record, I won't watch it again. Uh, but, you, but, but I looked him up. <coughs> but I looked him up. Uh, he's called Ashley John Baptiste. He's a BBC reporter. But I didn't know he was an X Factor contestant. He was in a boy what? band. Yeah. He was in a oh. boy band called The Risk. I learned this on Wikipedia. Uh, and, and now, but then he left music to go and do journalism training. Wait, so the BBC took a risk. <laughs> Uh, and that's but he was also in the care system yeah, when he was growing so, up. So he was a good host for it. Yeah. So yeah, it all made play. entire sense. I wrote quite dull but nice. Well, that, <laughs> I think that explains the arm gestures because I've just obviously now you put that in context. The arm gestures of the boy band are very close <laughs> to the arm <laughs> gestures of the performance <laughs> poets. There we go. And then there were some care leavers in the studio. Yeah, who Harry Connick Jr. Just they asked him about. It. He went just just before we start. I just want to <laughs> say. Um, I, ju- I just want to applaud those in the audience. <laughs> and then you just hear one solitary clap. Mentors are so important. It's interesting learning a bit more about them in the film there. Was there anyone for you, Harry, growing up that you saw as your kind of main mentor that really helped you through things? There were lots. And, and before I tell you about them, I want to applaud these incredible people too, watching that piece. It's just makes my heart so happy to know yeah. that there's such great people in the world. <laughs> Like that, and it's not him. Someone, someone clearly went for it and yeah. realised no one else did, and just stopped. That was while one of the care leavers was staring down the lens of the camera in a quite disturbing way. Uh, this happened last week. There was a, a couple on last week who just got married, and when it came to them in the studio, Callum, this guy's name was, he was just literally mesmerised by the camera and staring right down the barrel of it like you're never supposed to. And it happened again with the care lever. <laughs> I was quite okay, fine. This is fine. It just looks like, you know, that frightened audience thing where they haven't warned them and told them not to do that under any circumstances. To Michelle's credit, it sounded vaguely off the cuff again. Yeah. She yeah. sort of went, Oh, have you um oh okay, have you have you have met do you have mentors? Did you have mentors growing up? And then he he said, Yeah. Yes, I mean, do you want to do it in Irish? Oh, yeah, absolutely I do. Right. <laughs> and then, of course, we saw photos of him with the mentors, so thus we know oh. that the whole thing was pre-planned. I mean, you'd expect it to be. It's television, but don't try and pretend it isn't. I'm Mark Ames. And I'm Julia Rayside. And over the next four months, we'll be taking you through the highs and lows of Strictly Come Dancing. All the winners. The losers. The huge name stars and the other ones. The inevitable relationship traumas. The gags. The pitiful gags. The awful, awful gags. It's the curse of Strictly. Keep listening, subscribing, telling your friends and dancing. Pauling. It's absolutely awful. Also, J- uh, James Booker, who uh, presumably a musician I wasn't aware of, to my shame, yeah. the photograph he brought of the mentor with like an eye patch with a star on it and a waistcoat, like a, <laughs> a pirate, pirate jazz musician. I think of people like Ellis Marsalis and James Booker, and these are people that, you know, t- at, at the time uh, would just take so much of their time. Oh, there's me and James. There's yeah, James. Yeah. He, he looks incredibly cool, but in no way somebody you would you would leave a child, child in the with. care of. Because exactly he's right. going to be off having a swashbuckling adventure with Miles <laughs> Davis or something. That's one way of putting it, certainly. Even, <laughs> even, even Paddy said he looks like a cool dude. He, he looks was, like a cool dude, doesn't he? He was very, yeah. very cool. It really, it's kind of a troubled life. Mm. So why a child was left in his care? <laughs> yeah. This care leave system is broken. I don't know why people are doing this. Um, but then we, um, with, the, with the Irish accent connection, we were off to Belfast. 
Welcome to Belfast, host for the first time ever of the World Cup. We're not talking about football. I think that's been done. No, this is the host of the first ever World Cup of the Sport of Kings, Cribby. Uh, Kirby. Cribby. Kirby, Joe. Don't show your ignorance on oh, camera. We've had this. Uh... Oh, for for the game of Cribby, Kirby. <laughs> Cribby or Kerbsy? Well, I was annoyed because it's in, and it's a shame that Matt Baker wasn't there representing the northeast of England because it's definitely Kirby and nobody was there representing me once what? again. Yeah, as uh, yeah. the northeast. I'm sorry, you've played this game before. <laughs> oh yes. I, I presumed honestly it was a video made on that day because I had a, <laughs> and I <was> like, <coughs> let's invent the worst sport ever. Yeah, which is essentially. It's not even throwing. It's halfway between throwing and dropping a ball yeah. and hoping it lands on a curb. That's that's about the size. And this was the world championships we had to watch. What's nice is to see the people who are really the best of the world in this still being quite crap at it. Yeah. It's, no, <laughs> no one is good at Kirby. So, Kribby, sorry. Kribby, is it? Curbs. Well, it's so, Kirby is what it is. So what is Kribby? Kirby. Kirby. Before the arrival of games consoles and smartphones, children made their own fun, usually outside playing street games. One of those games we used to play was Kerbsy. All that was needed was a ball and a curb. So there were two presenters for this for some reason. Presumably, because one called it Kirby and one called it Cribby. I think being Northern Ireland, presumably one's a Protestant and one's a Catholic. Just for, across the divide. You know, just employment the, the, issues. The Cribby-Kirby thing is, is far more violent than <laughs> extremely Protestant thing. Yeah, I'm sorry if you want to sneer at reconciliation, guys. <laughs> Talk about a backstop. This is where it's all going to end <laughs> with the argument between whether it's called Cribby or Kerbsy, um, who I think were two kids I went to school with. As far as I <laughs> it was, it was. So yeah, you throw a ball at the opposite curb, and it has to bounce back. And if you catch it, you get an extra point. And yeah, it, it has to bounce off the curb, not hit off it and roll. <coughs> yeah, and not go. Yeah, it has, it to, has to bounce go back upwards, to you. Said, yeah, yeah, like yeah. a forty-five degree angle, and then you get a bonus point if you catch it. It's a great game. Yeah, I mean, it was just some time filling, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest, it wasn't much to it. So the world champion who they interviewed yeah. won the game wearing a pair of heels and they made a big thing of that. And then the two presenters, who I didn't get their names because I wasn't listening for that one second, they say <laughs> their first names. Um, they had a go. And then they got changed into headbands and sweatbands. Yeah. I'm like... You can wear your. We just learnt you can wear your heels and be the very best at them. And it's all one show branded. I'm like, we paid for that. Is it true you are the North Belfast champion? It is true. There is right. truth in that. Yeah. Is it true that you were wearing heels at the time? Yes, I have to say I did go down to my lucky heels, which I forgot to bring today. And after the celebrations, we've been invited to give it a go just for fun against two of the team champs. <laughs> So frustrating. Um, so then we were talking to uh, we were talking to the golf child. The golf child came back on because because there was a sport. We've talked about some sport. We've talked about the sport of kings that is cribsy and curbsy. And now we have little three year old George uh, off to play golf in the studio on one of those executive style golf mats that you unroll with a hole at the end. Is that I mean, yeah, I pretty much. Golf, I don't know, but that's kind of what he was doing. Sort of little yeah, putting yeah. green for the office. Yeah, yeah, but so. it was kind of in scale. If you scaled him up to an adult, yeah, <laughs> it would be quite like yeah. it would be in scale, wouldn't it? <clears throat> but I admired this because at the end of the day, he's a three-year-old child with a golf club in a studio on live television, and you think this is fraught with things going wrong. And it didn't, because it turned out this kid was pretty bloody good. Yeah, because he could have been he could have been whacking it and smashing auto cues, yeah. but he wasn't. Yeah. 
I mean, I assume they have auto cues. Yeah, uh, not just uh, off the cuff. Fairly the whole time. sure they. <laughs> fairly sure they Probably do. a bit of auto cue going on. Um, so they got him. They were chatting to him, and, and and I mean, I can't remember why he was there. He hadn't won anything or anything. He, he was, was just, just good at golf. It was a child, a researcher had found a three-year-old that's good at golf, basically. But also, I, we were having a lovely time with it, and you know, he got a couple of hole in ones, which was nice. Yeah. You know, and and then oh, the tragic story that his dad died, <coughs> and that's where it all yeah. comes from. Yeah. Comes out in the background while the camera and I think Patrick Keelty are completely completely focused on how brilliant he is at golf. It was such uh, it's, a weird moment. It's, yeah. He was trying, trying to get a hole in one. He missed the first one, and I thought, oh, it's going to go wrong. Then he got one in, the crowd loved it. Harry Connick Jr. and Patrick Kilty, according to what they planned, were going to play alongside him, but then ended up not doing it. They the ran kid, out of time. The kid, well, not even that. I think the kid was just... So mm. engagingly good at this, uh, and then you're and right. Once, once he's been good, once he's got a hole in one, you can't say, "I bet I could do better," and no. try and beat the child. Mm. No, but the, what was the, the weird juxtaposition, which happens on the one show quite a bit, where Mum's telling a story about the fact that his dad had a heart transplant. Mm. This little kid, I think it was a granddad. I think no, the was granddad it? was there. Oh, the granddad right. was in the studio. Oh. So dad had a heart transplant. Um, it didn't take, and he died. Mm. Granddad then took him to a golf course and bought him some golf clubs. This little kid. And the little kid got into it. So but while the kid's doing that and the crowd are laughing and cheering along, mum's going, and then his dad died of a heart transplant to a soundtrack of people clapping. <laughs> so yeah. was, why, why did George get into golfing in the first place? Um, he spent a lot of time at my mum and dad's last year due to um, my husband, George's dad, had a heart transplant. In that time, my dad bought him a proper set of golf clubs oh. and that's how he got into yeah. it, going oh, to the driving range. Um, and then when George used to come up and visit us at Newcastle Hospital, so it Here we was. Go. <laughs> Absolutely natural. That is awesome. Wow. <laughs> we can't really compete with this, can we? Put the flag okay, in. Here, I'll do it for you. Okay, I'll do it for you. Harry's. I want to say I put Harry's the flag in for George. Come on, Harry. Unfortunately, George's dad actually passed away. 11 weeks after he received the heart, and George did uh, the Gift of Life run with all the donor families and people who received it. <laughs> it was actually peak one show, this. I wrote this down because it, when the one show, all the elements of the one show came together in one short sequence. We had a three-year-old golfing child, a mother explaining that his dad has died, all while Harry Connick Jr. is replacing <laughs> a flag in a hole on an indoor golf putting set. <laughs> and it was like... This is gold. This is. I, I actually really enjoyed it, and a slight confession: I did actually tear up during this bit. Did you? Really? Yeah, the, yeah well, because you were just, you were completely emotionless was, during the Wildcats. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was when Michelle started. <laughs> she started talking about how they don't make golf outfits until the age of seven, <laughs> <laughs> and this poor little boy couldn't dress shitly. <laughs> <laughs> like a proper golf player. They don't start kind of golfing like outfits for them every no, that's like what we've, seven, mm. we've really struggled <laughs> with. Them are actually just normal yes, trainers, but he thinks the golf shoes because you can't get anything in age three. I'll give you the ball. We've yep. really struggled for that. Yes, sir. I was like, and she said it like she that, did, did. as if it was in knowledge. I was like, <coughs> I haven't watched Watchdog for years. Is that a <laughs> section that they did, like a scandal saying that you can't buy golf clothes for under sevens? <laughs> There's a lovely close up on his feet as she says. Those aren't golf shoes, he's just wearing normal shoes. <laughs> Assuming a level of knowledge in me, the viewer, about what golf oh. shoes are that I don't have. God's sake. Uh, but luckily then, Monday was over. Uh, and then we had to watch Tuesdays. 
And right here is where we'll jam the brakes on to stop part one of this week's The The One Show show, crashing into whatever it is that you're planning on listening to next, uh, Brexit cast or grief cast or social outcast, which I presume is a niche podcast for the sort of people who have those tiny dogs that they carry around in a bag. But whatever you listen to after this, do us a big old favour and drop us a rate and review on iTunes and spread the seeds of The The One Show show wide on your social media, as that will help grow this podcast from a sapling that despairs of The One Show into a great big tree that also despairs of the one show join us tomorrow for part two doesn't matter that my late night call came at all heavy pencil from the people who brought you Brian and Roger HJM Talent. Yes, it's Michael. Is Margot there? Uh, Michael. Michael Cork. Are you a client? Yes, yes, I'm a client. I'm the actor Michael Cork. Could I, could I speak to Margot, please? It's urgent. Um, I'm afraid she's doing her colouring in book at the moment. Can I take a message? Uh, yes, could you uh, ask... Sorry, who are you? Uh, Sarah Tiptree. Right, well, uh, could... Well, are you are you Margot's new assistant or something? I... Uh, no, uh, no, uh, Fliss is Margot's assistant. Yes, yes, I know Fliss. I know that. What, has she left? No, no, no. I've I've been taken on as Fliss's assistant. You're the you're the assistant's assistant. <laughs> yes, if you like. Heavy pencil by Anna Crilly and Tony Gardner. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.